Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Running on Tap. I'm Kyle. I'm Jacqueline. Jacqueline, what are we drinking today? I am drinking a Tavour beer. Uh, it is from Imagination Brewing Company, which is in, uh, it's in Montana. Missoula. Missoula, Montana. That's what I was looking for. Uh, it seems like a really cool company. They like donate a bunch of profits back to nonprofits and uh, it says it's the country's first microbrewery and center for community transformation. Ooh. Um, and it says in the can they built 350,000 face shields during COVID. Very cool. So it seems sort of like an activist brewery. Yeah, for and sure. The can has a lot of what look like indigenous people. They're yeah. dressed in like indigenous dress. Yeah. Um, it is the Neo Zapatismo. Is the name of the beer. Okay. I'm sure I'm not saying it right. It is a fruited goes with 30 pounds per barrel of mango, lime, and tangerine. Okay. And the little logo is a buffalo, so I adore them. Love that it's a buffalo. Uh, interesting looking beer. It's got like almost no head at all on the uh, on it now. Oh, you're, you're making a face. Is that a good face or a bad it's face? It's really good. I find a lot of beers with mango... The mango is just overpowering. Like, it tastes like a mango beer. Sure. Um, getting, like, a lot of lime and tangerine. Nice. We are... Wait, sorry, remind me what what the, it's... What is it touted as? It, it is a fruited goes with 30 pounds per barrel of mango, lime, and tangerine. Okay, so it's it, it advertises all of that. Yes, okay. yeah. Um, it just... It tastes very citrusy to me. It is, like you said, I mean, no head... Kind of hazy. Could be one of yours if it had a head. Yeah. Um, very effervescent. I mean, we are recording this week on Taco Tuesday. Yes. So I wanted something sort of light and sour and something that would sort of remind me of a margarita. Yeah. Uh, and this has fit the bill. Would you like to try it? Sure. I think you'll like it. It's It has like a bite like a margarita, but it's not too sour. It's just citrusy. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get the lime, like mm -hmm. a lot of lime on the back end there, and uh, a little bit of juiciness from like the like citrusy juiciness from the tangerine. I taste a lot of tangerine, which is a unique flavor in beer. Lime is, lime is present though. I'm. Yeah. It's been a little bit, and I'm still getting a lot of it on the on like the back of my tongue, the back, the back sides of my tongue. The lime flavor though reminds me of like the Tostitos hint of lime chips. Yes. It's like that kind of lime flavor. This. It's a perfect beer for Taco Tuesday. It's a perfect beer to drink outside in the sun, drink on a boat. I think this is just a fantastic summer beer. I'm a huge fan. There you go. Wonderful. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, so I am drinking a, a beer that was left here by a friend of ours. Uh, this is so I'm uh, I'm not super familiar with either the beer or the brewing company, but it's uh, it's from Sugar Ke Sugar Creek Brewing Company. It's the Hazy Creek. Uh, juicy and hazy IPA. And where is this brewery? Uh, da, 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 let me stall and look for time. Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, so it's uh, not quite local. Next door. Next, yeah. The next door uh, state. It, it is definitely a microbrewery. I haven't. I shouldn't say a microbrewery. I have never. A craft brewery. I've, I've never, never heard, heard of them, them. before. Uh, I'm not really familiar with Charlotte's brewing scene, but if they're like this. Uh, it's this is a wonderful beer. Uh, Do you like it? It's like, 
it is an, a solid eight out of ten. Like it, it's really wow, or a four out of five, if you will. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's really quite nice in that it's like very like it, as advertised, it is juicy and hazy. It's rare that I'm drinking a beer that's. Um, I guess it's rare that we're in the same color palette here, but mine's a little lighter than yours. Yours is a little more opaque. A little more opaque, just yeah. Just a little, though. Yeah, just a little more uh, unfiltered. and uh, But this is very juicy, very, like... I'm trying to get more of the flavor here. You get a lot of, like... I mean, the, all the flavors I love. A lot of orange, and I, I'm getting some pineapple. What? Well, let me see what it says on the can here, the tasting notes are. Yeah, orange, tangerine, pineapple, and grapefruit. So Ooh. I'm getting... At the end is where the great the, the reason I'm not going like full bore is that the, the, that grapefruit kind of peel at the end is leaving a little Bitter. bit of bitterness on the on, on my tongue at the very end. But otherwise, it's a very smooth uh, up until that last bit of the aftertaste. Very smooth, easy drinking beer. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I I can uh, understand why Margaret thought I would like it and brought it over. Uh, it's a very it's a very good beer. I like this a lot. I think I haven't taken a sip yet just for people who aren't yeah. watching me. Um, this is about to be the most pretentious thing I've ever said about a beer. Okay. I think the head on this is beautiful. Yeah. Like, it's not super puffy. It's almost like frothed egg whites. Very, like, webbing. And it, it's just, like, a really pretty, pretty bubbles on top of this beer. And I'm thinking it, and I'm like, wow, that's <laughs> the worst. It has, uh, it, had a, it poured nicely with, like, a good uh, three quarters of an inch uh, head on it with that kind of white frothiness that you talked about. It's come down a little bit now, maybe a little, like a little less than a quarter inch is kind of just like hanging out there. But it's, yeah, it's a very pretty beer. What do you think? I'm not a huge fan of the way it tastes. Not not as much as some of the other juicy sure. IPAs that you drink. Um, to me, it's it's quite bitter. And I still get this pine that I can't believe you don't taste in these. Yeah, there's no pine for me. Um, my, you may have noticed, like my eyebrows shot up when yeah. I took a sip. It's thick. Yeah, it's, it's... Like it doesn't feel like drinking a glass of water. So it's it it's set on the side here. Uh, de uh, definitely a creamy mouthfeel and a medium dry finish. Yeah. Uh, so a healthy amount of wheat in the recipe. So it's definitely got like a little bit thicker kind of feel to it uh like that's something i really like in a hazy ipa is it something just like it'll it'll sit on your tongue and it'll kind of like coat your mouth a little bit and you definitely get that with this one this is my first experience with something like this not quite a smoothie beer but like it really like it it shocked me when i took a sip i was yeah. like oh this is like a thick beer yeah uh that's really really interesting yeah i like it a lot good that's great uh, so how'd your week go? Sorry, got caught in the sip. Uh, no, I'm taking the lead. My my week was good. Um, it was another strange week. We traveled to Michigan, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, so we had some more travel, and uh, but like we got in both. We had both had two runs yep. that we were supposed to do there. Got in both those runs, which is great. Uh, felt good for the most part. Um, I have, as we have gotten into. Uh, I've been singing the waning pandemic, but maybe it's not so waning anymore. I, I went to my last Orange Theory class for a month. I decided to freeze my membership. Just, uh, you know, not really not really afraid of anything bad. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're vaccinated, so I'm not really afraid of getting terribly sick. But I am afraid of uh, getting sick and having to quarantine to miss things. We have... Yeah. We have a. Uh, 
we kind of packed our August because we were scheduling things in May, thinking, oh, yeah, things are getting better. So by August, they'll be great. So uh, we have some uh, a friend's wedding coming up, and uh, you have a big trip later on. So I wanted to make sure that I take as as few risks as possible. So I went to my last Orange Theory class for a while, uh, which is too bad because it was a really, like, uh, I'm feeling really great there now, uh, which is really helping my running overall, I think. Um, Had some really good Peloton classes. I did... Uh, one before we drove back to Michigan that like just went all out, went really hard, and it felt really, really quite good to do that. Uh, so overall, my I, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I mean, we went for our long runs in Michigan, and I'm from the Detroit suburbs. And for those of you who don't know anything about the Detroit suburbs, it's flat as a board. It truly, truly is. Like, we did a three-mile run, and I did an 11-mile run while there. I did a three and an eight. Yes. So on my three-mile run, the quite literally, the elevation gain was so slight that it didn't register on my watch. Mine like, was six feet. I didn't, it did, <laughs> mine didn't even say anything. Like, like, it just said, like, oh, you were at minimum elevation here, maximum here. But, like, it didn't say, like, what I gained overall. We ran the same run. We ran so, the same run, so it must have been six the feet. watches will be, like, a little, right. a little different. Uh, and then on my long run, I went 11 miles, and my elevation gain was 13 feet. Yeah, mine and was really hilly. Mine was 16. 16 feet. <laughs> it was a reminder to me... Uh, I just had I had a really awesome fun time running. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't really like a struggle. I kept my heart rate in a good zone where I wanted it, and it was like a reminder. I was thinking about it today, and I was just like, "Oh yeah!" Like I've kind of gotten to the point now out here where we live now, where there's a bunch of hills that like uh, I don't i don't look forward to my long runs as much as i used to uh-huh. I, I i they they loom much more as a physical challenge than they used to uh because you know i ran you run 12 miles and i get 500 feet of elevation gain or something right. like that. uh which i know if you're listening out west that's nothing but like you know for lowland people like us that's that that's quite a bit uh and it was you know the, the runs here can end up being a little challenging you're finishing you're kind of dragging yourself over the finish line Whereas in Michigan, it was just cruising for 11 miles uh, and got to see some, we were in my hometown, so I got to see some sights that I hadn't seen in a while and uh, had the blue angels fly over me at a couple points. Uh, it was, it was just really There, there was an air show. They weren't there was just an air show. They weren't just Kyle out on. for me. Yeah, they, were, they, they, they were, they were out for, uh, for an air show, but it was just really a lovely run and it was so like. It was really good for my head as well as my body to like, uh, kind of ha- like be like, oh yeah, this is fun. I, totally. you, you can enjoy this on top of like appreciating that you're getting stronger and all like the physical things that go along with it and embracing like the challenge. It's nice to just enjoy myself, which, uh, you know, it had uh, some of the long runs I've had recently, it's like doing really good for a while and then kind of fighting it at the end and uh, i didn't really have to fight this one so it was really nice how was your your week uh i mean i i also had good runs in michigan uh as you say you know the the flatness was really nice i definitely you know didn't have as good runs as you and i think because like you know i was where i come from the weekend like where i grew up the weekend before and like 
loved running around there. I think the same way you like loved running around Michigan. Right. I have never, whenever we've gone back to visit your family, I've never loved running around Michigan because it's just like boring suburbs. Yes. But now that I am like kind of used to boring suburbs, like <laughs> I, I'm not treated to like a run to the Washington Monument every right. morning. Uh, I didn't mind it as much. Um, the flat was definitely great, but more than anything else, like I am just feeling like really mentally good that like I have, I and we have been traveling the past two weekends and like I have not missed a run for that. I am very, very bad. Like, you know, we've talked about like how you, when you were abroad, you were like exploring on your runs. So like, right. I'm better about stuff like that, but if I'm like on vacation, especially, neither one of our families are currently, well, we, we had my stepdad on a recent episode. Right. You know, he's he's a runner, but like my mom's not a runner. Your mom used to run marathons, but is not currently running. So like right. if I am visiting people who are not runners, chances are real good. Cause it's not like, like when we're on vacation, kind of getting up and going to run is like a part of our day. Right. Versus like, you know, when I'm home, I'm going to sit down and have breakfast with my mom. And it's really, really likely that my runs aren't going to happen. Right. So I'm just feeling like really proud of myself and good about the fact that like we traveled and we still got our runs. And in. we both really fought it on our, fought through it, I should say, ahead of our long run. Oh yeah, neither I didn't want to go hard. Neither of us wanted to do it. Neither, uh, both of us, we said- It would set, have been so easy to skip. We set our alarms for 7 a.m. and I think that we actually woke up at sometime after eight and like, we actually got out, uh, maybe it was, we set our alarms for six. I don't know, we set our alarms for early. We snoozed for a while. We both were like, I don't want to do yeah. this. Like, we. But we got out the door, which is like the biggest, especially, especially, and like if it was a medium-sized run, I think we would have both been like, nah, we'll skip. But because it was the long run, you feel like you have to. Exactly. But it was a battle that we won, which was nice. Yes. No, I, I feel really good about that. I had to, I can't remember when we recorded last week, but I had, I think we recorded earlier in the week. I had like an emergency bathroom pickup last week where... I got stranded out without yes. a toilet and Kyle had to come get me because yes. I could not make it home. It, it was either his car or the bushes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. So like I cut that run short, but like other than that, I like have gotten all my runs done. Like I have at least like run every day that I was supposed to right. run despite like traveling kind of a hectic schedule. So I'm feeling like really good because this is actually a really good segue. Are you ready to move on from our weeks? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, really, running is so much like mental. Yeah. Like you want to train your physical body, but I feel like the mental aspect of getting out there on vacation, on hot days, on bad days. Hey, there you go. Uh, is just so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that sometimes... Uh, you, you learn some more from the bad days than you do from the good days. Am I right? Yeah. Was. Learn why I never want to run again. No, yeah. Just kidding. Uh, no, so we, yeah, the reason we're making both these noises, and uh, you can't see them, but these faces at each other about how clever we are, is that today we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about what we've learned. It's kind of like a bad run appreciation episode. Yeah. We're, like kind of what we've learned from bad runs and why. I got to sing the song. There's a, a song? So you had a bad uh, run. Oh, there you go. That's the name of the episode. Can't take a bad run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we got to keep the podcasting job. Don't go into songwriting. Everyone knows the song I'm talking about. It's yes. fine. Uh, 
So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've learned from bad runs, how we how we uh, mentally deal with them, and uh, apply the lessons that we've learned to you know our our training going forward. And this is sort of sparked by watching the Olympic marathon. Yes, we watched the women's race. Yes, we because did because I was more interested in the women's race, but both races. Like, way more people than I would have expected at that elite level of running to cross the start line and did not cross the finish line. Yeah, so let's let's give a little bit of background on this for those of you who did not watch the Olympic marathon. If you didn't watch it, like, pause this episode and go find it on demand, because yes. it was awesome. So, we'll give a second. <laughs> no spoilers. Okay, you're back. You're back. Uh, so, uh, it was, they started it an hour earlier yep. than initially planned. So it was six o'clock in the morning. In Japan. In yeah. Japan. And uh, even then, when they started, it was in the high 70s. Yeah. And by the time they finished, it was like in the mid 80s. It was 86 when the first 86. people finished. So high to mid, you know, like low, the higher mid 80s. There was not a lot of shade. No, it, it was looked unpleasant. very exposed, very uh, just, I mean, a level of like the, the Olympics are kind of known for uh, like you know, anyone who's seen the um, the video of the Qatari guy and the um, the Italian guy who tied in the I forget what, what competition it was but they they agreed to have a joint gold medal instead of like competing it out because of good, you know like it's like good sportsmanship and that's kind of the the feel of the Olympics there was even more cooperation among competitors in this than I that I have seen because yeah. people are sharing water they're sharing ice they're you know, they're kind of like all working with each other because it's so dangerous out. And the crazy thing to me was watching it and maybe 10 miles in, 12 miles in, uh, one of the competitors that was on the camera, that was, being, that was like being focused on camera, st started walking. Uh -huh. And that's just something you don't expect to see from an elite athlete in the Olympics. And it was just a killer race yeah absolute i think in the men's race with similar conditions a quarter of the field didn't finish yes which is insane. I, I commented while we were watching it that like yeah it's the athletes against each other but it really felt like it was like humanity versus the weather yeah. like they were very much all in together and like you said people who just like were pushing and pushing and looked good and then like you know the, the front runner started to break away and to see people start walking in the olympic marathon yeah. it's like olympic marathoners they're just like us because it Seriously. was it, it looked like a brutal brutal day which yeah. got us thinking about like positive things and lessons you can learn from those runs that are just not good right. because this this did not look like a fun run yeah. for people so off the top of your head do you have a bad run that sticks out in your mind as like I'm not asking for like a particular date, but like is there a run that you can remember that you were like this is a this is this is a terrible run and you from that experience you went forward and like kind of learned more about how right. to manage that? Yeah, I can actually tell you the date. It was Halloween. Okay. Fifteen. Is this the the race in Philadelphia? Yes. See, you know that's yeah. how you know it was mm -hmm. bad. It was not a heat issue. It was actually like overcast and 45 and absolutely perfect weather to run. And my stomach was just not cooperating. Do you think... So, yes, in this... You've told this... I think you probably told this story before on the podcast. But Maybe. before before I start asking you questions about it, go like tell, tell us a little bit about what happened during this race. Sure. So it was the, the Rock and Roll Half Marathon in Philadelphia and... 
my stomach gets excuse me gets upset a lot when i run but normally once i stop running it gets better but i was sick the whole day i like couldn't eat anything i just was like really really sick so uh really like felt sick immediately like as soon as i started moving yeah uh and was just sick the whole race and made several porta potty stops finished with only one glove it, it was not a pretty scene yeah, the face you're making was yeah. about the face I was making. Um, but it was like I had trained to break two hours, and I was like, I, like that was the day to do it. Like I woke up, weather's perfect. I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. And I did not. I still ran a fast half marathon for making like four or five porta potty right. stops. But um, yeah, that's definitely like my worst. I'm sure I've also had like bad long runs and like the heat and just like bad runs where I felt sluggish. But that stands out as a time that I was like in a race that I was just like so miserable and wanted to be done. Yeah. So do you ascribe that race? Is that what do you think it was food poisoning? Do you think it was just uh, your stomach woke up and decided to be uncooperative that day? Like what what do you chalk that up to? I have no idea. I mean, I had pizza the night before, mm-hmm. that, which, like, I don't know. Well, now knowing you're lactose intolerant. Huh. Just occurred to me. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's... I, I, I don't know if it was what I ate or if it was bad food or, or what. Um, but kind of getting into a little bit of the lessons learned, like, I would never go out for pizza before you know and it was a case where like you know i was living in dc i was racing in philadelphia like i couldn't make food at home but it has made me for better for for better and for worse so much more like ritualistic about what i eat like once i find something that works like i'm not you know we if we do a bagel and peanut butter like i'm not messing with a different brand of peanut butter right like i am eating what i've eaten yeah every run you know morning night before like i think we found that pasta worked for us i had a great long run this weekend after mediterranean food with like a bunch of rice which was really good but like i mean they always say like don't try anything new on race day but i was like oh i'm on vacation and again i don't know if it was the pizza but it made me like really really conscious of my food choices before any sort of long race totally totally makes a lot of sense and it also i was like really bummed about this race for a long time because I had been I think it was like my third second or third race where I was going in and being like I'm gonna do it like I'm gonna break two this race and I was like I just can't do this like I'm really bummed about it and looking back I mean it was never even a thought in my head to walk off that course like i could have easily hopped in a golf cart i was feeling like crap i was just running like porta potty to porta potty it was not fun and it would have been so easy to be like you know what i'm not gonna pr i feel terrible like i'm done and it like truthfully didn't even occur to me and it took me months after the fact to like recognize and be like i think i ran like a 212 like I still ran a fast half marathon and kept going and it was like it really gave me like so much faith because I I don't know I've always like thought I was like a little bit of a wuss I like don't like when things hurt but like when this happened to me I was like oh hell no I'm not stopping right so it like was a really good thing mentally that I've definitely carried with me on other runs like when stuff I've 
knock on wood, I've like never had to walk off of a race course. And there are times that that's the smart thing to do. If you are injured and you are going to like hurt yourself further by running, like, yes. But like, what was like, was I was going to put myself on the running? Like, okay. Like nothing bad was going to happen. Right. Um, so it was just like, it's just like a really nice reminder when stuff gets hard that like, I've done hard things and I like can continue to do hard things. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a hard run in mind? I have several uh, that like I I can recall that I've taken various lessons from. I think like I'm trying to I, I remember one now from when I the first summer that I started running. I think it was like the day before I went. I was like going on a trip the next day or something like that, and I went out for I don't know it was a shorter run this is during the period when I was going like I was extending my long run like one mile every month yep so this I think it was in like this is in July or August or something and I was not intending on going very I think I was going intending on going like four miles or five miles or something like that and uh I have not really had experience with doing a lot of long runs and I was going from my apartment up in Northwest DC and uh, went down through Rock Creek Park and I did not like really know where I was going and um, missed, like it, there are only so many streets that you can kind of turn off of, what's that, is that, uh, whatever the road is, is like beach or whatever. Yep. So there's only so many roads that you can turn up and go back up to like you're kind of like Rock Creek Park is kind of in a valley inside yeah. DC and so you have to go up the hills to get back in onto the streets and there are only so many places you can do that and I clearly blew by uh, or wasn't paying attention uh, and didn't know where I was going and so I completely missed missed my exit as oh, it were no. and um, had to like navigate my way home and ended up running, I think, two or three miles more than I anticipated. Wow. Didn't, uh, maybe, it, I can't remember if I had water or not, but I remember being in a real struggle zone because it was also, like, all the way uphill the whole way uh, because that's that, that's that part of the city. Right. Uh, and so it was, it was one of those where I got home and I was so thankful that I got there. Uh, but I remember from then on, it was, like, either if you're going to go somewhere that's unfamiliar... Like when I, when we moved here, I thought back to that, and it was like write down directions, write down the streets that you're gonna turn on. Yep. Uh, familiarize yourself with the map. Like don't be trying to be out there and just like oh like well I'll run this way and I'll run that way and I'll fi find my way back home, because sometimes doing that can end up you run two or three miles more than you mean to and you end up in a real bad situation. So and it was also like after work in summer in dc so it was really warm uh, it was just a bad like that was that was one that was just like okay well i have screwed up here and so i'm going to make sure that i get directions anytime that i'm going like a route that i'm not familiar with and smart. have since then you know anytime i'm going on a uh, anytime i'm running a long run especially when i am going in areas i'm not t totally familiar i'm i have a note in my notes app that's like i will delete uh, you know, or, or I will add in all the turns that I'm going to do and that kind of thing because it's like 
I just think that that situation and being stranded and being like, oh my god, I have like like going on Google Maps to figure out how to get home, and I'm like, I got like three miles, le- I got Jeez. three or four miles left, and I'm like, I've already run four or five miles, like this is bad. Uh, so that's one. I remember several long runs during my uh, first marathon training, where during this time I was working Sunday to th- Sunday to Thursday, so I had Fridays off. And uh, that's when I would do my long runs. So I could do those during the day when you were at work. And then uh, we could hang out that night and hang out the weekend. Uh, I, I would, was also marathon training then. You were. You were. And I think like, you would do your Saturday morning and I would sleep in and like whatever. Uh, but I would, because it was my day off, sleep in a little bit too much. And then I'd go out for my long run. And this is when I learned... Not to, uh, you know, first it was like, well, you're going out, you're going out too late. Like learn, learning about like, there is a right time to go running in the summer. Like you have to get up early, especially on long runs, you have to get up early. And like now when we complain, we're like, oh, we got, we went out at like eight or 9 a.m. instead of the six or seven that we wanted to. Right. Back then it was like, I went out at 11 a.m. Like I'm going out like in the middle of the day. So I have learned, I I learned that lesson. over and over again <laughs> and um i i had some times where it was like you'd run out of water or run Jeez. running out of running out of you know something and like kind of really be struggling and like whatever so things i learned then are like one like pack extra water on long runs in the yep. summer uh or make sure your route passes water fountains which i did you know quite a bit uh Although, um, you know, maybe now in post-COVID time, I'm not sure if I would be as eager to go to a public water fountain at that as I as I used to be. Uh, so there were definitely some. T- those are my first few years of running that learned a lot about uh, proper hydration and waking up early and keeping track of where you are. <laughs> like the, all those things come from runs where it was like, okay, well we're just gonna make sure. Like the goal is to get home. The goal is not to. Uh, have a have a great time or anything like that absolutely i think running out of water is such an important one that same marathon training cycle training through the summer i used to have like a one and a half liter camelback and i bought a two liter one because i was routinely running out of water on my longer runs yeah uh so i think that's super important yeah that's when i i I got my i got my camelback for ragnar Mm -hmm. uh and uh i think during that marathon training was when I started supplementing, started bringing along a Gatorade with yep. me or a bottle of water with me to drink beforehand and let that run out before I, uh, you know, before I went to the Camelback. Like it was, it was, which is now my system that I go, when I go on a longer, a run, a run longer than like 15 miles, actually probably, uh, I go for a 14 mile run this weekend. I'll probably have a Gatorade with me to start uh, because that seems, that, se- that seems to work. And yeah. leaves me without, leaves me, you know, not worrying about de- being dehydrated. For sure. No, I mean, I, I feel like this is this is what we're talking about. Like, you, you have to, like, everyone has to learn these things. And I think, especially talking about, like, hydration and nutrition and, like, how to dress. Like, you, you have to learn for yourself, which means there are going to be bad runs, right? Like, you're going to do things wrong and figure out what doesn't work, which is so important to figuring out what does work. Yeah. Like, one of the first 5Ks I did, I wouldn't even count this among, well... I mean, it was awful because I was super out of shape. And I was like, I'm just going to go run a 5K. Um, 
but it was it was St. Patrick's Day, so it was like 40, and I ran in leggings, a t-shirt, a fleece, and a rain jacket. Uh, I was so, so hot. hot. I believe it. Like I, everyone is hotter when they run, but like I feel based on like the runner's world what to wear tool if i were that i'm too hot so if that's the average like i think i run hotter than the average person but like there were a couple runs where i was just sweating through my clothes in the winter before i figured out that like you gotta actually like be cold for the first mile yeah uh uh, the inverse of that is when when that first summer when i was running uh i when i after i got my camel back i would go out for runs uh basically at, at at that point, I, I I was going out for any run longer than six miles. I was bringing my camel back along with me, which now it's eight eight miles and longer is my like I will run with water, but not but like at the time it was six. Uh, but I would go out with like I would not I would I would take my shirt off because it was hot, so I take my shirt off. But I'd still have my camel back on. Yep, and I would just like just the chafing carving up my back yep. over and over and over again and i was just like well like i think y- like you dealt with it too because you had I-, I think you were running either like you'd run in a sports bra and have your camelback or something like that i think we were both running with camelbacks for the first time that summer so we were kind of figuring it out and i was like oh well this is just like a normal thing that happens uh until i decided to get um I, and now I, I run in like under armor is it heat gear? I always it's the, it's yeah. the the Under Armour shirts that you wear when it's hot. Right. Uh, I always wear I wear those now because like while that's not ideal, it's a little bit warmer than I want. But I'm not having I'm not dealing with the chafing and like the exactly. horrible showers afterward when it like you know your back is like singing a song as the water goes on you like that uh, that was definitely a lesson I had to learn over and over and over again and find out uh, a a way around it because it was like. This is not tenable. Like I, I my my back hurts so much. Yeah. No, I I chafe less now, but I still chafe. Yeah. Like I I still wear the wrong thing or, you know, have even through a shirt sometimes my hydration pack will like cut up my back a little yeah. bit. Yeah. We also have lessons to learn, and, I guess. <laughs> all the time. But now now what what's like some of the lessons you've, because uh, like you said, we're learning lessons from these bad long runs all the time. What are, have you had any recently and like learned, like taken any lessons away from like a more recent bad run? I'm trying to think. I feel like a lot of my runs lately have actually been quite good. I've been like feeling pretty good. That's great. Yeah, nothing, I mean, ones that like, I'm dragging or like I'm breathing harder than I want or I'm going slower than I want but I haven't had like a run where I felt like crap after yeah I also I'm talking about like feeling like crap after that first marathon training cycle I mean after my runs I would feel like I was dying yeah I would just lay I would come home and I would eat like three burgers that barbecue the barbecue place. place i would eat yep. like pulled pork and mac and cheese again why did i feel sick probably the mac and cheese um but i then i would be like okay well like i need to like recover so i'm gonna nap so i would just lay in bed and try to nap but i was like so dehydrated like because i didn't 
like I just went to bed. I like showered yeah. and went to bed, so I didn't drink enough water. And I would have these weird like fever dreams and be like in and out of it. Like I don't do that anymore. That's for sure. The naps. Oh God. I I also err on the side of like now we do our long runs and like we come home and we we do stuff. We, we stay drink. awake. Well, yeah. But uh, I too like that that first marathon cycle because I like I would finish. And I'd have a couple hours till you got off work or people got off work and we like, you know, go hang out. But I would take a nap too. And those naps were, that was the first time in my life I napped. Huh? Because I never could nap before. I uh, just like, once I'm up, I'm up. But turns out running, you know, 15 miles in uh, 80 degree heat, 90 degree heat uh, would end up causing me to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, have you had like a recent bad run you can think of? I can think of some... I mean, the the lesson I keep learning now over and over again is in the summer, and yeah, I mean, the, in the winter, it's not, not that big of a deal, but in the summer, pick days to do your long run when it's overcast, if, yep. you, if you can. Yeah. Like, I, it didn't really get ran home for me until last year that, like, the sun was the reason my energy was getting sapped on these long runs. And I think it's just because, you know, typically in the summer here, it's like, unless you're out pretty early like the sun comes out it burns away all the clouds and like it's a sunny day for the most part unless it's pouring rain like it is outside right now if you can hear the thunder uh but there were a few runs last year where i would do the same route and on day you know the week a i uh, i mean there was that one that last year last year where i think i ran 16 or 17 miles and like i was getting tunnel vision and freaking out and really like it was a real struggle and i remember like you offering to come pick me up and like that that never happens like, yeah. it, like it was it was really really bad and then i did that same route a week later similar temperature but it was cloudy and i had a great run and uh it's and, and like it's a, a lesson that keeps getting that you know had it again recently here where like when it's when it's cloudy it's going great when it's sunny it's not so I, I I'm getting more conscious about my my weather picking my weather. Uh, you, you'll notice like all the less all the bad lessons we learn are always during the summer. Yeah. Except your your, your race about food, but yeah. other than that, it's like summer summer runs are the problem. No, you ask about like recent long runs. Do you ever feel like you just like block them out? Like I was like, oh, like I don't remember uh, Hunt Valley Hellscape. Oh yeah. That was miserable. Yeah. I did not feel good. Yeah at the end and it, it, m you talking about this is what reminded me because it was like this is the baltimore 10 miler yes um it was like super sunny and it's just rough to run in like full sun yes uh so that's being wary of the sun it has definitely been uh something that's been rammed home to me recently uh i think also like the importance the importance of like sleep and properly yes properly like making sure you have the right amount of energy like i think i think like just during these pandemic times we have like um just been looking for an outlet sometimes so you just like you're doing stuff and like you're 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 you know, you're, you're working out uh every day or doing something every day because otherwise you're not going to get outside or whatever or like you know now and you know in Back in the, and back in hot hot back summer three weeks ago, uh, you know you're like back to socializing and doing stuff and like 
you know, you're not getting the right, you, you, you're like, okay, I'm going to do my long run in the morning, but also it's Friday night, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to go hang out with friends or whatever it may be. Uh, and then you wake up and you're like, I am drained. And uh, because I'm drained, I'm not getting out at the right time or, or whatever it may be. So, um, you know, the pavement has a way of teaching you these things where it's like, well, you, you are not ready for today. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I think, I don't know, like, I think that those are some specific things that like are from runs. I think there's also a lot of like training lessons where it's like, uh, you know, learning to say no sometimes where maybe you have a bad day because you force yourself out and you're like, well, I would have been probably better off staying inside today and resting. Um, But that's all like, that's more, like it's all more ethereal now as opposed to like uh, being beat over the head (laughs) with by the sun or by whatever it may be right. uh, with a lesson on a on a big run at this point yeah that makes sense yeah um do you ever do you ever look back and find yourself grateful for a bad run um i think i'm grateful for every run like in it's the very big diplomatic what it's very diplomatic i mean in the big picture like yeah, there are definitely, like, runs that I'm like, oh, I wish that hadn't happened. But, like, every mile pushes you forward. And, like, ultimately, like, there may be a day when, like, I can't run. Like, you know, my body is like, nope, I'm done with this. So I really try to, like, take the long view and be like, even the days that I'm unhappy to be out here, like, at least I'm able. Because I, I love, like running and like being outside and like listening we were talking the other day about like long runs i'm like i couldn't even tell you what i think about like it's just like two or three hours a week that i just completely black out the only two or three hours a week um so i'm really thankful for that even when i'm feeling like crap sometimes it takes a while to get to that point but uh i think i usually get there to at some point being like just happy that i can run even if it's less than ideal yeah what about you uh, I think I get there eventually. I think in the moment, like, it's really sometimes very difficult to fight off the feelings of inadequacy that pop up. Like, for instance, I'm thinking about, like, I've had some, um, I, I don't want to qual- like classify them as bad runs recently here in this marathon training because for, like, if I go for an, a 12-mile run... 10 miles of them are great. It's the last, the last two are a huge struggle or like, um, you know, or like the last one is a huge struggle. And so in those moments where you're like, especially when you're training, I think if you have a bad run, it's really difficult to like, not think, well, my race is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to fail my goal. I'm going to like, my race is going to be a failure. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a failure for, um, not being physically prepared for this and not being mentally prepared for this and what like like all those feelings like i and eventually i think you get past it especially if you what has made it worth it in the in the past is like running a good race uh and i would argue that like the bad runs like there's no way i don't know i guess i maybe i just have terrible marathon experiences but there's no way all 26 miles are going to be good right yeah. at some point you're going to start feeling like a hot steaming pile of garbage yeah and you're like 
oh, I've felt this way before. Yeah. I, I find that very comforting. Yeah. In like the belly of the race. I think that's very much it. Is that eventually like maybe that's maybe that's why I eventually feel like grateful for these runs or like I, I, I like look back on them as like <laughs> that was bad, but like I got through it. Is because during the heat of the mar- like the end you know, miles twenty through twenty six point uh, two of the marathon, it is very much like ah, I want to die. Like my my legs hurt, everything hurts, and nothing feels good. And like that feels so much worse often than like the bad parts of other runs do. But I don't know. I think that like I do think that like those tough runs make you stronger, mm-hmm. and they make you if not physically, definitely mentally, because you're like 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 you said. You can think, well, I've been here before. I got, I got through it. But I think it's re- they're really tough. They're really tough to deal with in the moment. And even like in the f- days after processing them and trying to figure out like, uh, you know, what went wrong? What, what, what do I need to do? Am I gonna be? Am I gonna be able to do what I want to do? Am I going to be able to f- run this race adequately? You know, you question yourself a lot. So I think that, like, short term, I'm always like, no, I, I'm not grateful for bad runs. Sure. I think they suck. But by the time you have the benefit of, like, several weeks of hindsight, you have a little bit more. Either several weeks of hindsight or, uh, you Couple know, the, beers. The, well, or the temperature changes. Yes. Because I can think, especially in that first marathon training, because for those of you who don't live in the DMV area, the the you know, DC metro area, it is like completely crap summer weather here for a while until it isn't. Right. And then suddenly it's like lovely and like not really cool, but not not really not not baking hot, whatever. And that moment comes around in like late September, early October. And in those runs, in that first part of that, that that is when I'm grateful for the previous summer runs because I'm like Oh, I feel like I'm flying. Yeah. I feel like I'm able, like, this is great. And it's 70 degrees out, you know, during the middle of the day, as opposed to 70 degrees out at dawn. Right. Uh, so those are the moments when I get grateful. It's because I'm like, okay, like, this feels, it's, this feels easier because of the terrible things, the terrible runs I had in the summer. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I get there eventually. Right. I, this, I didn't want this to turn into a... It sucks to run when it's hot episode, but all my bad runs are when it's hot, so it kind of did. It sucks to run when it's hot episode 37. Yes. No. You always hear hear me complain about the heat. Both of us. It's a real thing. Did you go outside today? It's terrible. I ran this morning. Have you heard me complain about it? No, I don't know how. I took the trash out and was like, <laughs> oh my God, it's baking. It's crazy. Wow. It's okay. A couple more months. Yep. Uh, how's your beer? It was good. I got like really flush. Yeah, you were, you you were like. I I was like putting it against my face to cool down. I don't know my, I feel like my face and my ears got like real red. Yeah. So I uh, took a breather. I don't know if it's like empty stomach alcohol flush or what, but I have not drank as much as I did, but I still really like the taste. That's good. Yeah. How was yours? Lovely. Uh, it's. Uh, it is like a really great addition into the to the the hazy juicy IPA au revoir. Uh 
I know. I say I always say that wrong. How do you say it? Not not. It's not you know like O U R V. It's French. Hors d'oeuvre. Not not hors d'oeuvre. Like like an artist. What you're saying is au revoir, which means I know. I, like I've said this previously in the podcast, and you I laughed know. at me and you corrected me, but now you're what not. And was so it? It was a callback, but it's it's falling flat. I I know. What word do you mean, though? It's like you know, like a collection. repertoire. No, like a collection. Like I'll I'll, I'll 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 Google it. Why wouldn't you just say collection no. instead of au revoir? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how to say it. Nope, not not that. I uh, don't. I don't know. I, I remember having this conversation before, but I can't remember what the word is. Uh, uh, O-E-U-V-R-E. That means egg. No, listen, I'm, okay, this is, this is not me pronouncing it. This is uh, the lady from Google. Ovra. Ovra. Okay. It's the works of a painter, composer, or author regarded collectively. Okay. Collectively, I should say. See? Ovra. Ovra. I don't speak French. Uh, there you go. So it's a great collection. It's a, it's a great addition to the collection. Uh, it's, a, it's a lovely beer. It's definitely like... Uh, it, it coats the mouth. Like, at like all I'm going to taste for a while. It, it is like a really... Like, it coats mouth mouth like a really pulpy orange juice. Yeah. Kind of. And so I'm getting a lot of that, uh, like... I don't think it's sour, but my mouth is reacting like it's sour, where like I'm just like, you know, doing that move totally. a lot. So, uh, but really good. I, I like it quite a bit. Where can the people find us? We are wherever you get your podcasts. We are hosted by Anchor. Which in French is... <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not going not gonna to speak French anymore in this podcast. We are also on Instagram. <laughs> At, at running, running on tap, tap <laughs> where i will be doing daily french lessons and <laughs> dropping a french word of the day there uh, you, go. you know every now and then I start doing german words of the day <laughs> I no i don't Rottoberfest. want to, I don't, I, yeah we, we we will we will prep we'll prep that I, I'll, I'll learn how to say ovra in german, in german. there you go that's how that's how you say just like that yep Anyway, uh, this is going off the rails. Yeah. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to our, our ramblings, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>